Are you ready? Oh, yeah! Let me tell you something, brother. If you're looking for the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be in the podcasting universe, then look no further than Ring the Bell, bringing you the best in the world at what we do. And what we do is take over the world of wrestling reviews, baby. Now, ring the bell. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Ring the Bell. There's no way to quantify or explain what we're about to do. The undertaking we're about to take on, basically. These, This is part one, straight away, let's just say hyperbole or whatever. This is part one of what is going to be our biggest series of podcasts to date. And we're about to explain why. I'm host Andrew. As always with me, for these deep dives, the only, the one and only, Mr. Ross Bell. Hello, sir. We're going to do it. We're finally going to do it. <laughs> yeah, this is going to take a while. You've done so much research into this that it, it and we're not even it. anywhere there yet. No, we're not. <laughs> that research is not done. <laughs> so after weeks, seemingly months of us talking about it on the podcast, even longer, debating it off of the podcast, we are finally going to tackle it. We are going to tackle the one and only... Mr. Shawn Michaels. Oh, wow. I mean, arguably the greatest wrestler of all time. I'd put him in that. I'd put him at number one. I know, obviously, uh, me, you and and Kevin did the best episode some time ago. And Mm. uh, you went with Brett, didn't you? Yeah. Sean and uh, Kevin went with Daniel Bryan or Mick Foley? Daniel Bryan, wasn't it? Let Um, me rephrase that. It may be the greatest show... Well, not even argue, but he is the greatest showman of all time. I always look at it. People obviously say Flair, and Flair was great. Let's let's obviously not put put him down. You know, mm. despite his COVID of, uh, avoiding or lack of avoiding weight, seems to have now. Uh, <laughs> Flair was great. The problem is, I didn't see Flair in his heyday. Yeah, I've seen Flair retroactively. I've yeah. grown up on Shawn Michaels. Yeah, everything, was everything Flair could do, but yeah. yeah, he's everything that Flair could do, but. A little bit better for me. You know, I started watching in 92, similar to you. You know, mm-hmm. Sean was sort of mid-card rising up. We yeah. saw the boyhood dream has come true. We saw that. We saw the DX stuff. We saw the Brett stuff. We literally yeah. lived through that. You know, yeah. you think up to now we kind of elapsed on and off wrestling fans as far as watching the product. Mm-hmm. Hence why we do these kind of shows. But yeah. during that time, we were watching religiously week in, week out, watching taking everything we could in wrestling-wise, WF-wise, yeah. and Sean was at the heart of that. So. Yeah, he's always been there, and he's always been one of the best wrestlers in the company the whole time. It's, yeah, he's, I think it's undeniable. And we had some feedback straight away on Twitter yesterday when you tweeted about that we're doing this. People said, yeah, that he was the guy that got... Um, he watched wrestling as he was a kid, and he fell away, and then he watched the Sean and Taker match in WrestleMania... 25 and that got him back into wrestling like that's what the power of one match can do and the power of this man and you think of the amount and we'll obviously over the next three four episodes we're looking at in regards to sean you see how many well how many decades he crossed the, the the amount of people he worked with different levels of people he worked with and it's just incredible the reinvention yeah. he's obviously had to reinvent himself to go with the times and to fit in and to change his ways and when he came back and modified his style to, mm. to fit in as well and it's I, I can't think of anyone better that i've seen in their prime and throughout than Shawn michaels i mean yeah. i love brett you know I, in, in many ways brett could be number one but 
there's Bret other is, things. Bret is my number one. He's the best wrestler of all time. I've never seen a better technical wrestler in, mm-hmm. in and out of the ring. He is perfect all the time. Um, but Sean just had that little bit of the X factor, the DX factor. <laughs> I suppose if if yeah, if you someone say who's the best of all time, without having to get into well, he's the best showman, he's yeah. the best wrestler, he's the best promo. Let's just bottom line it. Shawn Michaels my number one. Like yeah, yeah I can get into into specifics and whatever. Yeah, Brett is a better technical wrestler. Absolutely, mm. no, there's no doubt. But if you're saying who's, who's your best of all time, it's Shawn. It is Shawn. Yeah, agreed. Now this is going to take us what three, four episodes, we reckon. Uh, yeah, with one year getting its own episode in in particular. You might, have, you might be able to guess which one. Yeah. Okay, so born Michael Sean Hickenbottom on July 22nd, 1965 in Chandler, Arizona. He was the last of four children. He was raised in a military family and spent a brief part of his childhood in Reading, England, which mm. I didn't know until I did his research. Yeah. Uh, he very quickly was moved in San Antonio where he was raised, and obviously famously San Antonio, Sean Michaels, it's associated. He actually disliked, disliked the name Michael as a child, so family and friends called him Sean. And that's stuck, obviously, to this day. Uh, began playing football age six, uh, but by the age of 12, he knew he wanted to become a wrestler. That was his dream. And he actually performed a wrestling routine in a talent show in high school, complete with fake blood. <laughs> no, no blading that early. No. no brilliant. Good leader as well for his career, so he got into that early. Yeah. Uh, he was a standout linebacker at the Randolph High School and eventually became the team captain. Uh, he went to Southwest Texas State University after graduating. However, he soon realised that college life wasn't for him and he wanted to pursue the boyhood dream and become a pro wrestler. Oh. Famously trained under Jose Lothario at Texas, adopted the name Shawn Michaels in the ring, made his debut on October 16th, 1984 against Art Cruz in the NWA's Mid-South Wrestling Territory. Uh, one Terry Taylor was watching and was said to be very impressed already by Shawn's debut performance. Wow, the Red Rooster. Yeah, what the Rooster awesome. loved what he saw. <laughs> uh, he moved around the NWA territories, because uh, there was a lot of them, in early 1985. First in World Class Championship Wrestling at Dallas, and then in Central States Wrestling in Kansas City. It was there where the first team of Marty Jannetty, the Rockers, oh, yeah. were born. Uh, they defeated the Batten Twins to become the Central States Tag Team Champions. Uh, they lost the bus back to the Batten shortly after. Uh, he moved to Kansas City, left Kansas City, shall I say, and went to Texas, back to Texas, to the Texas All-Star Wrestling Promotion, where he teamed with Paul Diamond uh, to form the American Breed Tag Team. Uh, they won the tag team titles there and then rechristened themselves the American Force. Great little better. names already there. Great names. But American Force better than American Breed. I'm not it sure is. <laughs> I mean, these days, you don't even get team names. No, you don't, Just, no. And other times, you should mean uh, Robert Rude and Rudolph. Rudolph, yeah. Dolph Ziggler, Rudolph. 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 It, it, it's not just for Christmas, it's all year round. But, you know, we could what with dirty dogs or whatever they're called, or yeah. just Rude and Ziggler. Rudolph. Anyway, in 1987, Michaels and Giannetti, still teaming, agreed to sign with the World Wrestling Federation, the big leagues come calling. Uh, they only lasted two weeks, though. They were fired. <laughs> yeah, famously. Uh, Sean Clay, well, it was an instant in a bar. Sean has claimed in his autobiography that there was a massive misunderstanding. Uh, he claims he only broke a glass, but it got blown out of proportion, as these yeah. things tend to do. Uh, he and Janetti were called to the WF offices. Uh, apparently, Vince commented on Michael's boots, snakeskin boots, and said, uh, those boots are made for walking. I'm only joking. Come in here. You're fired, which is brilliant, <laughs> Vince McMahon. Classic yeah. Vince. That's that not even in my research. That's just in my head. I've read it, and I just didn't make a note of it, but it's stuck in there. It's, it's yeah. powered its way in there. Uh, he was later asked by another wrestler um, after he was fired uh, if it was true that he lit a couch on fire and threw it out of a window into a pool. That's how <laughs> things got exaggerated. 
I mean, Couch is a heavy. I know he's a wrestler, but yeah, Jesus Christ. But he wasn't a very big wrestler. No, he he's never been a very big wrestler. <laughs> no, so for the heavy uh, things to lift. Yeah, uh, following their release, exactly. You think that makes it even more dangerous? <laughs> yeah, and out of a window into a, <laughs> he broke a glass. Apparently, uh, following their release from WWF, the Midnight Rockers, as they were, returned to the AWA and became two-time tag team champions there. Uh, they did return to the WF a year or so later. Uh, Pat Patterson was given responsibility for the Rockers <laughs> as Vince felt they needed to prove themselves, which he probably wasn't wrong on, let's no, be honest. Fair, yeah. uh, they made the in-ring WF return in July 1988. Uh, they teamed with the Powers of Pain, uh, the British Bulldogs and the Hart Foundation to and the Young Stallions to hmm. uh, beat the... Uh, sorry, start again. They, they teamed the Powers of Pain, British Brothers, Heart Foundation, Young Stallions uh, to beat Demolition, the Brain Busters, the Bolsheviks and the Fabulous Rouge Shows. How many tag teams did they have in 1988? I love this match. This is this is one yes. match that sticks in my head. I watched this so many times on video that I, even the Conquistadors are in it. And I, I don't they're just completely relevant in wrestling history. But yeah, sorry, Conquistadors. So 10 on 10 in elimination match. Kevin Dunn so must have hated talent. that. You couldn't see the ring. It was just covered with... <laughs> Wrestlers. Yeah, you had two camera angles, one facing all the wrestlers' asses and the other one slightly higher so you could see what was going on. <laughs> that was it. You can do that now. You can do a 10 <laughs> on 10 tag team now. Elimination match. Wrestlers are too big. It's days. not possible. There's, there's, no. not, there's not that many tag teams for a start. There's not 20, not 20 of them. I mean, that's that's a 10 on 10. That, that's that's mental. Yeah, that's that 20 wrestlers in one match. They struggle to do five on five at Survivor Series these days. They bring in legends for Royal Rumbles because they can't yeah. fill in, it seems. And, <laughs> wow. Um, they were eliminated in the double DQ elimination spot with the Brainbusters, which led to a series of house show matches uh, around the loop, which earned rave reviews. Uh, one match in particular in January 1989 was voted as one of the 50 greatest matches in the 10th anniversary of PWI. You're sticking with the Brainbusters, you're going to get top quality matches. Arnold Michaels in 1988, yeah. 89. Imagine Jesus. That. Wow. Uh, so moving into, uh, into 89, uh, they went to a double count out with the Brainbusters on Saturday Night Main Event 10, uh, sorry, 20. Uh, they lost to the Twin Towers, uh, another team which haven't been mentioned yet. They're there. Uh, WrestleMania uh, 5. Akeem, the American dream, or the African Dream and uh, Bossman. Uh, yes, Towers? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. Bossman and Akeem. Weird team. Uh, Michaels has since claimed he was nursed a severe hangover, shot of shocks, uh, in the hours leading up to the match. Uh, later that year, they started feuding with the fabulous Rougeau brothers, kicking off a feud, um, which actually started an angle in which they assaulted Michaels with Jimmy Hart's mic- a megaphone and busted him open, which is nice. quite violent for 1989. 89, yeah. Uh, they had a series of Iron Man matches, the first time that gimmick was used in the WWF, uh, although none of those have ever been aired or released anywhere. Oh, I'd have quite liked to see them because the Rougeaus taped. were great. They must have been taped. Like, WWF yeah. tape everything. Yeah. Like, I, know collection. I know that up there with the own heart video, so yeah. it won't come out of the vault. Yeah. Um, I know that obviously they're still working through their their archive. I'd love to get in the archive. I'd love to visit the WWE yeah. archive in the warehouse. Jesus. The, the Rougeos are great. Imagine them with it in their prime rockers. That's been a great series of Ironman matches. Already there's matches that I, I think I, I have to see. Yeah. I, just, I have to see them. Uh, the team of Tito Santana to lose to the Rougeos and Rick Martel at SummerSlam that year. They were then involved in the four-on-four. We're, we're downgrading this year for Survivor Already. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the main event of Survivor Series 1989, they team with the Ultimate Warrior and Jim Neidhart uh, to beat the Heenan family. This would be Michael's first pay-per-view main event. First of It's a massive, many. massive kind of plus for them. Warrior at 89 was yeah. massive, wasn't it? He was I mean, huge. This, that's what, four months off his total win? Yeah. And to, yeah, main event Survivor Series, uh, SummerSlam, sorry, that's a, Big, big main event. That's huge. 
Uh, they beat the Brainbusters in the two out of three falls match uh, on Saturday Night Main Event 24. Uh, moving to 1990, they were involved in the 1990 Royal Rumble, but uh, he was eliminated by the Ultimate Warrior. Uh, he, they lost by countout to he and Gennetti to the Orient Express, another tag team. There's millions yeah. of them. Uh, WrestleMania 6, this kicked off a feud that would run on and off for pretty much the rest of the year over various live events and uh, TV tapings. Went to a double DQ with the Heart Foundation at Saturday Night Main Event 26. Also lost to Demolition at Main Event 27 and <laughs> lost to Power and Glory at SummerSlam as well. <laughs> Losing the doing here, aren't they? Yeah, awful lot there. Sean wouldn't have put up with that in 96, 97, 98. Unfortunately for them, Demolition and Power and Glory are just two tag teams that are absolutely full of muscle. So, yeah, Vince was going to love that, wasn't he? What did you think of Demolition? Because obviously they were always viewed as a, an LOD ripoff. Uh, what did you think of Demolition? Did you see much of Demolition like sort of? Because they were, what, late 80s? So would they have been a bit just before your... All I would have seen of them would have been on the. I used to get the videos from the local video shop, like the purple box of mm-hmm. like SummerSlam and Survivor Series and that sort of stuff. And they're always kind of involved, and I like them. I was, I never wasn't, I wasn't aware of LOD until maybe '92. Yeah. Um, well, when they showed up, Wembley. I didn't. Yeah. obviously, I didn't the TWW, so I didn't know about the Road Warriors. I just knew yeah. LOD that when they came in '92. I was like, oh, yeah. LOD, dem- they're they're big guys. This must mm. be a fight I want to see. That's it. Yeah. They're, they're, one of them always uh, worried me in Demolition. He was really old. I'm not sure who which one it was. Might be Darso. Yeah. Might be Axe Barry Darso. Yeah. Actually, because Darso wanted to be the Repo Man, didn't he? So it might have been Bill Eady instead. Yeah, he always looked too old to be doing that gimmick. But I even enjoyed it when they brought Crush in there. And uh, <laughs> Crush's... Uh... Would that have been Crush's first gimmick in WWF? First of was, many. Yeah. One of very many. <laughs> we need to do that Crush show. We need to do that <laughs> Brian Adams show. Right. We do. Uh, okay, uh, on October 30th, 1990, the Rockers beat the Hart Foundation to win the WF Tag Team Championships. Uh, during the match, the tag rope, the, sorry, the top rope accidentally broke, uh, leading to the match becoming ridiculously disjointed as they had to work around the fact there was no top rope. Uh, they actually defended the belts against Power and Glory four days later, uh, but then the WF decided that the total change wouldn't air, uh, the title was reverted to the Hart Foundation, and there would be no acknowledgement whatsoever of the match taking place. Uh, Michaels has since claimed, rather ironically, that the Hart Foundation politicked to scrap the title <laughs> change, uh, although others have refuted this and said the title change was necessitated because Jim Neidhart was negotiating his release from the company, so they wanted to bounce off of them. But I then he agreed to come back. Early. Yes, of course. <laughs> uh, he then agreed to come back. They didn't want to take the belts off them, so they scrapped the title change. They blamed, on TV, they blamed the top rope uh, for why the match had to be scrapped. It was null and void. And yeah, I think the the match has been shown on my, one of Michael's DVDs. Yeah. So I think it is out there to watch. I don't know if it's on the network, but I know it has been released. I'm pretty sure on one of Michael's DVDs. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's not acknowledged. He's not. The Rockers never won the belts. No. So officially, even though it's it's now being displayed, it's now being shown. It's still mm. never acknowledged as a tag. It's just a lost match. Yeah. But yeah, Shame. they're never actually recognised as tag team champions. They deserve the run with the belts because they're probably one of the hardest working teams at that era. A lot of guys that. Didn't do any half as much work because they didn't. Mm-hmm. We're bigger than them. Exactly. Uh, Survivor Series 1990, they teamed with Jake Roberts and Jimmy Snooker to lose to Power and Glory, Rick Martel and the Warlord. Uh, 91 Royal Rumble, they beat Orient Express and then beat Haku and Barbarian at WrestleMania 7. Uh, in May 91, there was a backstage altercation between Michaels and Gennetti, uh, detailed in a DVD extra on the Heartbreak and Triumph DVD as well as in his autobiography of the same name, which actually I recommend. So it's a really yeah, good book. Definitely. Really good book. Um, 
the two of them, along with Roddy Piper, you know Piper's involved somewhere. You know Piper <laughs> has to be involved somewhere. Uh, they were drinking, Kelsey Free, and Piper <laughs> proclaimed that Michaels had a great future in the business and incredible talent. Ginetti took offence to this and challenged Michaels, who said, no, I'm not going to fight you. Ginetti would yeah. take no for an answer and attack Michaels, because that's that's the thing that you do. To your friend. Uh, Piper pulled them apart. Michaels apparently passed out and wouldn't come to until the next day. Jesus Christ. So either a lot to drink or Jeanette did something. Jeanette uh, claims the police were called to the scene and arrested him, although Randy Savage intervened. Savage is there for some reason as well. Uh, voice of reason. <laughs> the insanity, the, the, the insane, <laughs> intense voice of reason. Uh, he got involved and told the police that it was part of a storyline and mm. they believed it. Brilliant. Jeanette, <laughs> so he wasn't taken to jail. Uh, Michael's almost quit the company. Um but changed his mind. And Jeanette believed it was one of the main factors that led to the company breaking them up. Uh, Jeanette has also since claimed that WW had offered them a high guaranteed contract. Uh, yeah. But when Michaels inquired it, it was found out to be a very, very big exaggeration. Jeanette maintains that Michaels was actually the one pushing them to leave the company and go down south. Um, he then claimed Vince actually agreed to release them from their contracts. Michaels was shocked by this. Michaels then went to Vince privately and said, no, it was Marty's idea. wasn't me, Vince. I want to stay here. <laughs> and, yeah, Vince then decided, that's it. We're done with this team. We're splitting them up. Michael's just going here. He's my guy. Do you think that's where the love of first night is? Because Vince famously, he's, 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 he loved yes. Sean, didn't he? Absolutely. I think, yeah, I think it started there. Now, it could be because Vince knew that Sean was basically backstabbing his partner and Vince liked that. Yeah, or... showing the ruthless side of him that yes. he wants to get ahead in the business and he'll do anything to do it, yeah. Let's be honest. I mean, even in those in the sort of the 89, 90, you could see Michaels was the was the guy. Like yeah. out of the two of them, Michael, all tag teams have got them. Brett yeah. was the Hart Foundations. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michaels was the Rockers. Crush no. was demolitions. Butch was Bushwhackers, probably. You know, <laughs> uh, it, yeah. Every team's got that standout star. Yeah. And Michaels was always gonna was always gonna progress at some point. Well, they say it now, even to this day, new teams coming up. Who's the Michaels? Who's Janetti? It's yeah. There was one guy that is the thing. It was, it was Morrison Ginetti without Morrison and Mears, wasn't it? Janetti <laughs> must hate the fact that it's always who's the worst one. You're Marty Janetti. <laughs> Actually, who used that as an insult once? There was an angle on WWE TV, and someone said you're Marty Janetti. I don't. I've I got a feeling. Yeah, I think it was or to Edge. Miz and Morrison. It could be. I don't know why, but that's stuck in my head. They've, they've been referred to as those two before. <laughs> yeah, some it's been used as an insult on TV before that you're Marty Gennetti. Yeah. How <laughs> brutal can that be to you? Uh, Gennetti didn't want to break up, obviously, yeah. so he wasn't happy about it. Michaels was well up for working as a single. I think the time had come he needed to move on yeah. and see what he could do. Uh, on screen, the seeds of the breakup angle were starting to be sown. Uh, Michaels lost a match to Ric Flair. What match that would have been early doors? 1990 yeah. Shawn Michaels against Ric Flair. Nice, yeah. Um, Ginetti rolled Michaels back into the ring. Uh, Michaels ended up being pinned afterwards, and Michaels took that as Ginetti cost me the match because he put me back in the ring, which is a very heelish way of thinking of things, so kind of yeah. setting the, the stage there. At the 1991 Survivor Series, uh, they teamed with the Bushwhackers to take on the Nasty Boys and the Beverly Brothers. Michaels was eliminated when Ginetti accidentally slammed one of the Nasties into him. This led to arguing. Uh, they then lost a tag team title match to the Legion of Doom at this Tuesday in Texas. What an awful show that was. <laughs> awful <laughs> show. Name for it all. Terrible. Yeah. Uh, well, because that was following the Taker Survivor Series chair shot that broke Hogan's neck and didn't actually touch his head on the chair <laughs> stuff, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Uh, they had another post-match argument and then the split infamously finally become official on an episode of Brutus Beefcake's Barbershop. 
Uh, On January 12th, 1992, Michael was after initially hugging Jeanette and then making up and being all good. Super kicked Jeanette and threw him through a plate glass window. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. One of the best breakups of a tag team ever. And was it Heen on commentary that said uh, he tried to jump through the window to escape? Was it Heen that said it? Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. Look at Jeanette the coward trying to escape by jumping through a window. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Love Bobby. (laughs) <laughs> it's so good I mean you can tell I mean Sean's dressed in all black and Martin's got right. the white and red on Sean... a sandwich board saying I'm turning heel here <laughs> exactly. heel heel flashing <laughs> lights but it's so nicely done and the first use properly of the super kick is like a oh hang on that's a, an impactful move because that wasn't his finisher for, for no. years because he used he like the, a... high, the back the backdrop the yeah. butterfly suplex which is not a finisher it's a Awful transition finisher. Yeah. yeah but um, also, Jeanette was allowed to blade, which never happened, but it kind of ah. sold the sold the intensity of the fact. That the thing is, if you head through a window, you're going to be yeah. cut, you know, yeah. let's, let's be honest. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to turn my back to you right now. And if you want to go on your own, then walk off and leave. If you want to stick together and make this thing work, when I turn around, we're going to shake hands and we're going to go on a rock and roll like the rockers can do. They need each other, you know that. Sounds fair to me. He's not gonna walk away. They need each other. They were set to feud, obviously, following the angle, uh, but you'll be shocked to hear that Gennetti was suspended. <laughs> <laughs> well, first, not the first, and definitely won't be the last. No. So Michaels was give, given sensational sherry as a manager with the, the storyline that she was infatuated with him, and Loved he'd it. begun to really develop that cocky and vain heartbreak kid persona so that good. we all know. He got new entrance music that Sherry initially sung. That was awful. That was terrible, yeah. Uh, that would soon be changed to him singing it, and that sticks to this day. I mean, that's not much better, but it is better than Sherry singing. The thing is, it's iconic. It's absolutely yeah. iconic. Sexy Boy is, is one that, I mean, we've, we've done this. We did the themes. It's yeah, one when of the he came back in his brown, brown trousers. Sexy yeah. Boy didn't really fit. That, doesn't, bob, that, but... that didn't fit. No. no. The Jennifer Aniston bangs and the, the bob and the, the, the brown <laughs> Doing trousers. his prayers and kissing his yeah. cross while Sexy Boy is booming. Doesn't back, work, really. does it? Really? What would Jesus think? What would Jesus think, Sean? Uh, he also had a gimmick, that, which I love this. After he'd wrestled his match at live events, the ring announcer would then say to the crowd, Sean Michaels has left the building. And I think on Superstars episodes, Vince would actually cut in from a match and go, we've just had word, Sean Michaels has left the building. Brilliant. It's a little thing, but it, it puts more focus on Sean. And Yeah. Uh, he was in the 1992 Royal Rumble, the 
maybe the greatest rumble of all time, lasted 15 minutes, did a double elimination spot with Tito Santana. Uh, that led to a match at WrestleMania 8. He beat Tito. He lost a WF Championship match to the Macho Man at UK Rampage. Wow. I've never seen that. I remember vaguely seeing that show on Sky Movies, I yeah. think. I think oh, we didn't have Sky because that was 92 and we couldn't have afforded Sky TV. No, we had 9X, I think it was. That's, <laughs> yeah, 9X. Um, but yeah, I think I was allowed to buy, I think it was as a, a pay one. Yeah. And I was allowed to buy UK Rampage. Nice. There was also the the Royal Albert Hall show where British Border won the Battle of Royal, I remember as well. Yeah. I think that's on the network. I want to say that's on the network. Okay. I think it's a big diving later on. Yeah. Uh, he wrestled Bret Hart in a ladder match. The first time that match had been used in the company, at Bret's mm-hmm. suggestion, obviously, uh, for the Intercontinental Championship at a wrestling challenge. Oh, I remember wrestling challenge. Wrestling challenge. I yeah. used to love that. Was it Sunday mornings? Yeah. UK wrestling challenge on Sky One. Uh, in July, uh, he had a short feud with Rick Martel leading to SummerSlam, which was going to be held at Wembley Arena or Wembley Stadium, mm-hmm. should I say? Uh, it was a heel versus heel angle uh, based around the affections of Sherry, with both men bragging about their good looks being an attraction to her. This led to Sherry having both men agree not to hit each other in the face during their SummerSlam <laughs> match. Like it. Uh, he went That's to a double brilliant. count at Martel, with Martel at SummerSlam, and it ended with Sherry walking out on her own. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that went well. <laughs> Um, SummerSlam was originally looking very different. It was due to be held in Washington, D.C. at first, and Sean was going to beat Brett for the RC title. However, uh, whether the combination of ticket sales being down and wanting to expand internationally, they moved it to Wembley Stadium, famously. And once it was done, once that was going to be done and put in Wembley, I can only have one main event. That was Bulldog going over for the RC title, which had to be done. You you could not do that. It didn't so take him long to on, get that belt, though, did he? No, it didn't. Uh, he was put on the back burner for the time being while Bulldog blew up and had Brett literally carry him to a five-star <laughs> match at SummerSlam. Yeah. The greatest one-man performance I've ever seen, Brett yeah. Hart, literally, literally wrestling himself. Wrestling a sack of potatoes. Yep. Uh, Marty Jannetty returned on the October 31st Superstars. Actually, I remember this really good. Sean was doing like the Lex Luger mirror gimmick that yep. hadn't happened yet. And, is yeah, and all of a sudden, Marty shows up in the background behind him. Really, yeah. really good. And the crowd go wild. Uh, Sherry was actually inadvertently hit, kayfabe and story, with uh, shards of glass from a broken mirror and she was hospitalised. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Uh, Sean then finally got his RC title, beat the British Bulldog at uh, Saturday Night Main Event 31 on November 14th and then challenged Bret Hart for the WWF Championship at Survivor Series. Yeah. Boston. Underrated match. Sean at Survivor Series. Yeah. Underrated match, this one. Yeah. That was where it was starting to, Vince was starting to think about maybe switching the focus to mm. smaller individuals. It was about a yeah. year or so out yet, but Brett and Sean being the two probably top guys in the mid-card at that, yeah, that time, I'd say. Yeah. Okay, 93, he beat Mike Gently to retain the Intercontinental Championship at Rumble 92. Sherry had actually returned and sided with Marty uh, leading up to the match. Why? Uh, about to shock you again here, After the, just shortly after Gently was fired because the company believed he was under the influence of alcohol and or drugs during the pay-per-view match, and they blamed him for the match not being very good. I need a little ding every time Marty gets suspended or fired. Janetti denies this. He insisted that he was tired due to a lack of sleep, and he believed that Michael started the rumour about Janetti being impaired and therefore the match not being very good. He believed that. It's like, sure, that match wasn't wasn't very good. Why? Marty's fault. Like, wasn't me. (laughs) It's all Marty's he fault. He's drunk. He's on drugs. Yeah, must be. 
Uh, he faced Tatanka for the RC belt in the opening contest of WrestleMania 9. He was accompanied by Luna Vachon, who was his new manager, which didn't fit. No, too too weird, two different characters. There's, what I don't, yeah, I never understood why Luna was with Sean. It it didn't make any sense at all. It seems to be more just to counter Sherry, who was in Tatanka's corner, which made even less sense. Yeah, such a weird, like, it, it seems like yeah, he has to have someone with him, so stick Luna with him. Yeah, but we're still not finished with the Sherry storyline, so yeah, didn't like it. Uh, he worked the match with separated shoulder. Uh, and backstage later in the show, he'd actually attack Mr. Perfect, setting up um, what they would do in the future. Um, on May 17th on Raw, he issued an open challenge for the RC Championship. Marty Jannetty returned and challenged him. Uh, he won the title for an interference with Kurt, uh, Kurt Hennig, Mr. Perfect. Uh, Jannetty's claim that Hennig actually was the one who convinced Vince, convinced McMahon that uh, it wasn't Marty's fault for the Rumble stuff, and he was actually tired. And it was Sean who was off par. Vince believed mm-hmm. Kurt Hennig and rehired Jannetty. So, yeah, Sean's a liar. Janetti <laughs> uh, lost the RC title back to Michaels on June the 6th, following assistance from his new bodyguard, Diesel. Diesel. Uh, Kevin Nash has since told the story, which is classic WSW, that Michaels basically found, was taught new Nash and said, hey, you come up here, come up north, we could, we could do some business. Uh, Diesel Nash is like, but I've got a contract, it's up for renewal. So Sean said, demand loads of money. They'll yeah. say no, ask for a release, <laughs> fax it over, we'll sign you up. So they did that. So D- Nash went to WSW, asked for loads of money. They said, no, okay, I want a release. Give, give me it now. Okay, here's your release. Faxed it straight to Titan Towers and the contract <laughs> was signed just like that. Brilliant, really. So Diesel, as he would eventually come to know, debuted as the silent assassin at ringside yeah. uh, and helped Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels faced Crush at King of the Ring. That match wasn't very good because that was Kona mm. Crush. Yeah. Uh, to defend the RC title. Him and Mr. Perfect finally had their long awaited match at SummerSlam. I remember watching this, and a lot of the commentary talk was how classic this match would be, mm. and it wasn't. No. It didn't live up. And I think that's because at this time, Kurt was not the wrestler that he had been a year before. Yeah. This must have been one of his kind of his, his back injuries really, really yeah. affected him. And he did well, so well to come back later in lot like, 10 years I mean. later almost. I mean, 91, he had that classic with Brett at SummerSlam where he dropped yeah. the RC title. Then the following year, he was pretty much Ric Flair's um, like number two, wasn't he? He didn't yeah. wrestle for, for most of the year. He returned at the Survivor Series 92 after Warrior was fired. Mm. So he hadn't wrestled almost a year. Yeah. And remember the Luger match at WrestleMania 9? That wasn't very good either. No, that had Luger in it, so it was never going to be. Was it? Yeah, fair point. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so he, missed, he beat Mr. Perfect by count out at SummerSlam. Um, he then quit the WF, did Shawn Michaels in mid-September. Following what? accusations, he'd been suspended for drug violation. So he just quit. Oh. Okay. Uh, on TV, it was explained that Michaels had been suspended due to not defending his title often enough, which was absolute bollocks because he yeah. had defended his title. Yeah, I remember that storyline. I didn't realise that he'd actually quit. Because he defended the belt against Perfect the month before. So yeah. how can he... <laughs> what? Is that that classic... No title events for 30 days that we're going to ignore Brock Lesnar doing it, but anyone else, we're suspending yeah. you. Walt was in trouble, didn't he? Well, yeah, exactly. You know, <laughs> nine months, not wrestling. <laughs> uh, during the time of being unemployed, apparently, uh, he reportedly rejected advances from WSW. He was then announced to make his return to WF at Survivor Series, taking Jerry Lawler's place in the tag team match with the Hart family, or the Hart family. Mm. That was a messy time for Lawler. Yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. Lots of uh, legal issues, which uh, 
probably a save for another time. Yeah, just have a little search for yourself. 93, Jerry yeah. Lawler. Uh, so Michael's... Now, that's the problem with this, obviously, it's Lawler's issues were his issues, but the whole story was Lawler and Brett. It had been that way pretty much all year, or at least yeah. since King of the Ring 93. So now Sean, match yeah, Sean coming in, they, they tried to retcon it by saying, Sean's always had a problem with the Hart Foundation and the Brett Hart. No, he yeah. hasn't. Not really, they, no. They've never been together, apart from the Survivor Series the year before. Yeah. They've never faced... Which seemed like a, just a one-off match. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, so Sean team with the Knights, and they lost to the Hearts, and obviously they uh, were doing the Brighton, the Brighton Owen angle, which started to sow the seeds in that match as well. Oh, this is a match where Bruce tried to get himself over, wasn't it? Yep, that's the one. Uh, that's <laughs> the on, one. Yep. Um, Sean had returned to TV um, after this, carrying the original IC Championship, saying he'd never lost it, and that the current champion, Razor Ramon, was not the true champion. Like it. Yeah. Good storyline that they're still using. They, yeah, they still, they still do that. Yeah. It's, it's easy. If, if the IC champion has to come off TV, you can bring it back with a storyline that on the chat, I never lost, never got pinned. This yeah. guy isn't the true champion. Down at the end of last year was Sami Zayn, didn't they? Yep, exactly. Okay, 1994, uh, Razor and Shawn Michaels had a ladder match at a live event, uh, which was extremely well received, and Strowman put the, Vin- the idea in Vince's head, hey, we could use this down the line somewhere. <laughs> Uh, last almost half an hour and got to the final four of the 1994 Royal Rumble before being eliminated by Lex Luger, who would go on to tie that match. Oh, oh. Jesus. Uh, he attacked Razor on the January 31st Raw, leading to an announcement being made that they would face in a ladder match at WrestleMania 10 for the undisputed Intercontinental Championship. Love the visual, those two belts hanging yes. above the ring. It worked. And we'd never yeah. seen that match before either. We'd never seen Sean and Razor. So it was a, it was a first time ever. Yeah in a new situation we've ever seen. So it just works in every single... And it was WrestleMania 10. It needed a big match at the biggest WrestleMania of all time. Yeah. Uh, lost to Razor Ramon in the classic ladder match at WrestleMania 10. It was voted a match of the year by PWI and given a five... I think it was the first ever WF match to get a five-star rating from Meltzer as well. Wow. Um, who claimed that Michael's performance was one of the greatest in history. <laughs> okay. Michael's and Razor, ladder match. Ross. Yeah. <laughs> now you may have seen Andrew's tweet a few nights ago about him being a shocked face. I have never seen this match. Is that by design, or just it was never nothing ever popped into your head to watch it? Mania ten. I've only ever seen the Brett matches. So the um, opener and the Yoko main. Yeah, I've never seen the rest of that card. It's the one Mania I've never watched. I don't know why. I, I could watch it any time because I've got the network. I've just <laughs> never watched it. It's yeah, just a complete gap in my knowledge that that mania. I know you you asked me the question: Would Sean and Razor still hold up given all of the stuff we've seen of the TLCs, yeah. the ladder matches? I think it still does. I mean, I haven't watched it in, okay. in some time, but it it's it has spots that were genuinely innovative. You have seen them before, you, you, yeah. so you've seen them since. Absolutely, there's no way you're not going to have. But it will still hold up for me with today's okay. stuff. I will get it watched. Maybe we'll watch it for a live stream for my first. Uh... There you go. And it's, it's MSG, which is yeah, you know, it's, the, MSG it's the it's the mecca of, of WF wrestling. So it, it, it everything still works and comes together. Nice. Uh, took the next seven months off, did Sean. Uh, oh. Instead launching the Heartbreak Hotel segment on Superstars, which I remember fondly mm. watching Superstars. Sean was always there with Diesel, with the, yeah. all the Heartbreak Hotel set and everything. <laughs> Uh, he also become Diesel's manager for TV and live events, which Michael seemed happy with. Didn't have to work, but yeah. still was showing up. 
Uh, he helped Ezebeek Razor to win the RC Championship at the April 30th Superstars taping. He returned to the ring in mid-August, working tag matches with Diesel. And around this time, fans started to really warm to the duo. And mm. Diesel as well was getting major reactions, which probably was ominous given that Vince was looking for his next big baby face. <laughs> and this big seven-foot guy with great hair is getting a lot of attention from the yeah. fans. <laughs> the fans' fault. The worst year, the worst... The worst year in WF history as far as ratings and buy rates and everything, and it's all the fans' fault. Yeah, I feel it feels harsh that that's all placed on Diesel because he did the best he could. He wasn't ever, ever the most athletic or fun wrestler to watch, but he did what he could do, and I thought he was all right. I mean, we we may one day do a Nash Deep Dive, but um, Diesel got over because he was that cool big yeah. guy who didn't talk and knock yeah. people out and powerbomb people. But then when he got champion... He was the smiley corporate ambassador, and it did that wasn't what got him over. No, doesn't fit. He literally kissed babies and high five ch- children. That that's yeah. not what Big Daddy Cool was. Tried to book him the same as they'd booked all the other face champions yeah. before that, and it, yeah, Vince would have seen. Then, and... and then when he lost the belt the following year, and he turned heel, he was cool again because yeah. he wasn't what. <laughs> this common. I mean, come on, Vince. You've seen it pre. Champion and post champion was the best time Diesel yeah. ever had. There's it's not it's not a coincidence here. Oh. Um, one day before uh, SummerSlam '94, Michaels and Diesel won the tag team championships from the head shrinkers, and I don't know why. Yeah. No, just because Sean needed a belt. I don't know because the shrinkers were in the opening match of SummerSlam, they mm. could have defended the belts or lost the belts there. I don't get why Michaels and Diesel had to have the belts. This, this feels like the start <laughs> of the. Sean being a complete twat era Maybe. to me, and I think that yeah, I, th- I think I've heard or I've read on podcast and listened on podcasts before that kind of Sean just wanted to have a belt at this point, and yeah, the, the, the tag titles were one he hadn't had before, so why not? Mm. Uh, the next night at SummerSlam, Michaels accidentally superkicked Diesel, leading to Razor Ramon pinning him to reclaim the IC Championship. This started the inevitable breakup angle between the two, which had been decided upon following the increasingly positive reactions to Diesel at live events. Although at this point, there was still appeared to be no plan to Diesel for him to win the championship. It was just doing no. a breakup angle. Yeah. So somewhere, very quickly, Vince decided, let's put the belt on Diesel. Hmm. Uh, he teamed with Diesel, Owen Hart and Jim Neidhart to lose to Razor. One, two, three, kid, British Bulldog and the Head Shrinks at Survivor Series. During the match, Michaels again accidentally superkicked Diesel. Uh, Diesel chased Michaels out of the arena. Michaels threw down the tag team championships and declared them vacant. And that was the split official. Yeah. Several days later, Diesel pinned Bob back into MSG to win the World Championship. It seems, it really seems like it was hot shot <laughs> completely. I mean, Backlund was yeah. not supposed to be champion, was he? But no. Yeah, odd, odd move all around. Okay, 1995. Uh, many believe Michaels would be already be the clear favourite to win the Royal Rumble and go on to face Diesel at Mania. Obviously, based off the breakup angle as well. Um, yeah. Live event schedules for February even had these two facing off in main events. They're already giving it away uh, on the road. Yeah. He got involved in the Diesel Brett total match at Rumble. And then later that night, he won the Rumble, starting at number one, a start of a Bulldog and eliminated Bulldog to win. Obviously, he did the famous one foot on the floor spot at the end, which yeah, looked which really is... athletic, but it's actually probably really, really easy to pull off. It's just putting your foot down and putting it up again. Yeah. And a young Dolph Ziggler thought, oh, I can make an entire career out of watching <laughs> this. A super kick, <laughs> and lots of flying around and hanging onto ropes. Mmm, <laughs> I'm onto something here. <laughs> 
uh, on the February 27th Raw, Michaels introduced Sid Vicious as his oh, new bodyguard. I was terrified of Sid. <laughs> <laughs> he was very imposing and intense. Yeah. He was very intense. Main event, WrestleMania 11. Not a good... Have you seen this WrestleMania? Yeah. Not good, is it? No. <laughs> These are Bam Bam and LT in the main event. LT, LT meant nothing to me as a kid growing up. <sighs> no, yeah, I just started watching um, NFL for another two or three years after this, so it meant nothing to me that this, this wrestler and all these wrestlers were in the ring. First yeah. appearance of Mongo, though, who was offered it a was. contract, but it turned it down. Yeah. We are Cubans. Oh, the Monday Wars will never happen because they would have even tried to compete if, if he could never have been a horseman, Andrew. It could have all been different. <laughs> oh God. Uh, the next uh, so he lost to Diesel in the main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> the next night on Raw, Diesel offered Michaels a rematch, spoke about their friendship. Uh Michaels accepted the rematch offer, spoke about their friendship again, and then gave Sid the night off, saying it was his fault that uh he lost to Diesel at Mania. Yeah. Uh, so Sid attacked him. Yeah. <laughs> Now, I've actually I watched this, this segment back with basically researching this. Now, the Michael does the promo fine. Yeah. Sid then cuts a promo and he was really fired up, and the fans bought into it, and it was like, oh, Sid's turning babyface. Yeah. But then, then the show cuts to commercial, and we come back from commercial, and Sean's laid out. Yeah. You can't actually see the attack. Weird. Which is very weird for a main event segment. Yeah, weirdly timed. So Sid cuts a babyfacey promo but then turns heel on Michaels, who mm. already is a heel, but the attack turns Sean Babyface. Diesel runs out for the save, confirming the Babyface turn. Yeah. And yeah, Michaels, not, they're not after being the number one heel in the company challenging for the belt, they turn Michaels Babyface. When you've already got Diesel as the lead Babyface. Yeah. And it, you've got it, no it all, heels. It, all, it all just all feels to me like Sean politicking, because I know what it was like in this, in this yeah. era. Like that leaves Sid the as guy. the number one heel in the company. Yeah, I imagine Sid versus Diesel were wrestling classics. Well, the next two in your houses, you saw those main events. So, you know, one day, or oh, we could do the double there, the double header. <laughs> Diesel versus Sid in your house one and two. Jesus. Oh, God. Uh, Sean will take next two months off, uh, quote unquote, injured from the Sid attack, while Diesel feuded with Sid on top. Uh, most believed he'd be the favourite to win the upcoming 1995 King of the Ring tournament and cement his place as that kind of up-and-coming lead baby face behind Diesel. In the bracketing for said King of the Ring tournament, Michaels was booked to face Karma, the supreme fighting machine, <laughs> a.k.a. the UFC knockoff that they couldn't <laughs> yeah. mention yet. Uh, this plus the rest of the bracketing uh, suggests that Michaels would very easily win the tournament. However, in the weeks leading up to the show, favourite change from Michaels... To Mabel. Mm. They're, they're differing levels there. Of yeah, it's not ability. Different, isn't it? yeah. <laughs> uh, he went to a time limit draw with Karma at King of the Ring, eliminating them both. Mabel won the whole thing. <laughs> and then with Diesel. <laughs> yeah, and then we got that classic at SummerSlam 95. <laughs> but when do they blame Nash for 1995 <laughs> being the critical failure? Yeah, give him Sid and Mabel. But come on, main, main, main events. Nash what is she is supposed the to do? guy during his worst years. But you got a feel for the boy. I mean, yeah. Sid for two months, then Mabel. He, he feuded with Tatanka. King of the Ring 95 was Diesel and Bigelow against <clears throat> Tatanka and Sid. The, the the heel smaller guys you could have worked with Owen just just off the top of my head yeah Bulldog with Owen. was there Bulldog I think yeah. at that time or he was due to come back no he was, he was back by then he was back by then yeah no, by, both those two Dog. guys would have been supremely yeah. better matches than anything he did with Mabel I mean Diesel worked with Bulldog 
right towards the end of his title run. You could have turned him six months earlier and done Diesel Bulldog very yeah. easily. That would have been fine. Not the, better work, not the best work of Bulldog, but better than Mabel. Exactly. Uh, Diesel beat Jarrett in an absolute classic to win the RC title in your house too. Have you seen that one? Yeah, I have, yeah. So, so good. Yeah. Because that should have been, that was supposed to be where the Jarrett and Rody thing was going to kick off, but then Jarrett left the company and Rody followed him for a few yeah. months and then it all fell apart. Yeah. Uh, that later that night, he helped Diesel beat Sid to retain the championship. Uh, I think it was a lumberjack match. They, I know there's a photo of you got uh, X Park one two three kid Sean Razor mm. and Diesel doing the click hand signal, and all the wrestlers behind me thinking they're going to bury all of you. Like all of you have no idea what's coming here, do you? Yeah, it's one of those pause moments. This moment, <laughs> history. Um, he was booked to defend the RC Championship against Sid at SummerSlam '95. That would have been interesting at that mm. time. However, yeah. new WF president Gorilla Monsoon in the storylines replaced Sid with Razor to make a ladder match rematch from WrestleMania 10. The actual reason that Vince looked at the card and thought, my God, SummerSlam shit, we need something <laughs> good on here. Sean Razor, <laughs> to be fair, he had a point. Yeah, I'm just looking at the card now. Yeah. It's awful. You take that ladder match off of that card, that show is even worse. <laughs> Bret Hart defeated Isaac Yankum, Andrew, in a 16-minute classic. Actually, that match was good. A casket match. That match was good because of Bret. I think, was it Barry Horowitz and Skip? Was yeah, on Barry Horowitz won on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Smoking Guns versus the Blue Brothers. Bulldog and Sid, I recall. Yeah, <coughs> yeah Hakushi defeated the one to three kid. I mean, that was a really good match, but yeah, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of star power on this at all. Uh, so because of obviously how good Mania 10 was and how well received it was and the fact Vince wanted a great match on the SummerSlam card, it made sense to book the rematch. Yeah, uh, Sean beat Razor to, to win that match. Have you seen that one? Yes, I've seen that one, weirdly. <laughs> I actually, the drama in the second one's better than the first, but right. the first one is better overall as a match. Okay. And it's a shame we never got a third one because there was a trilogy there waiting to happen. Yeah. We never got we never got that rubber match. No. Okay, um, on September 11th, Raw, uh, he beat, Michaels beat Sid to retain the RC Championship uh, following three super kicks. This was infamously the night where Eric Bischoff on Nitro commentary spilled the outcome of the tape Raw match by saying, hey, and by the way, if you're tempted to grab the remote and change and check that the competition, don't bother. It's two or three weeks old. Sure, Michaels beat the big guy with a super kick you couldn't earn a green belt with at the local YMCA. Stay right here. It's live and it's where the action is. Bischoff's an absolute dick. He is. But yeah. it worked. Yeah. He he is a dick, but he's also a master of what he does, isn't he? Yep. <laughs> Thing is, it's stuff like that which, which prompted Vince to kind of pull the creative envelope out and launch the Attitude Era. That's, yeah. If Bischoff doesn't challenge him, Vince is always in that comfort zone of, oh, this is working, I'll stick with my big daddy calls and my corporate stuff and all this lot, you know? Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we, we won. Out of all oh, this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Time for the controversy. So around this time, yeah. speculation started about a new backstage faction being formed with Michaels, Nash, Scott Hall, uh, Sean Walkman, and Hunter Hearst Helmsley. They were the clique. The idea was that um, they wanted to protect themselves um, and sort of form that group to look after themselves backstage. They had significant clout with Vince, reportedly, and it would enable them to ensure they got top positions and angles in the company. They also were, had the option through this to hold down talent, reportedly at least, that they didn't like. Uh, there's been a lot of talk from Shane Douglas, um, Pierre-Carl Houlet, uh, uh, Quebec, uh, Pierre mm. from the Quebecers, um, to, to those, Obama Bigelow before he passed away, uh, and many others come out and said, the click held us down, uh, you had to be close with them. Do you 
think this is bitterness from guys like this, or do you think there is something in their complaints? I don't know because I kind of I can see the point of view of the click. To be honest, like those are I mean, X Pac, what one to three kit this time and. Triple H before he became Triple H, they were the younger guys. But Nash Hall and Michaels were three of the biggest guys in the company, and probably the biggest three, I'd say. Yeah, I think they. I kind of agree with their kind of outlook on it. There's that they should be protected, and they should kind of get to choose what they did. It's no different to what uh, Austin did when he said do the work of Jarrett. But that's exactly the same thing. But yeah, it's it's the the burying guys. It's didn't need to do that to other people, but. I don't know. I kind of see both sides. I don't, I've got no problem with the click at all as a, an entity. I think it happens all over. There's people are protected. Like Austin was protected, and Triple H has been protected for his career, and even like The Rock, people are still protected now. It's just maybe the way they went about it was kind of seen to be like, yeah, we're, we're just doing it to just protect ourselves and bury everyone else. Uh, Bret Hart has claimed that he was offered uh, a spot in the group, but he declined. Now that would, Brett. yeah, I mean. <laughs> Well, there's always been talk that there's either been I mean, obviously Brett and Sean famously, but Brett and Nash, Brett and Hall, mm. from what we've always heard, they appear to be very cordial and friendly. They've yeah, always been a, just a two man thing, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, Brett Hart and the Click. How, how would that have changed the future if, if Brett had wow. accepted that? Yeah, that is That's a proper doors moment. In wrestling would have changed yeah. completely. Uh, apparently the click name was the brainchild of Lex Luger or the Bulldog, depending on who you speak to, um, who remarked at how well the, the, the friends clicked and therefore there was the name. That sounds too clever for either of those two dummies. It does, doesn't it? Because at <laughs> that time, Luger and um, Davey were high on, they were off their heads, they were off their tits every time uh, throughout 95. When they were doing yeah. their allied powers or allied forces, oh, God, yeah. they were competing for the good stuff. So I, <laughs> I can't see that really. Um, Hunter's claimed multiple times that he was recruited to the group because he could he didn't do drugs and alcohol and therefore he'd be the designated driver. Yeah, so he's only carried he, it back. He got that spot. It's like you <laughs> do you do you drink, do you drink, do you drugs? No, I'm completely clean and sober. You're the driver, you're in the click, that's it. He could have he could have been the first CM Punk, he was straight edge before straight edge was a thing. Yeah. Punk copy triple H. <laughs> <laughs> um, as we said, that many wrestlers have come out and said that they feel they were um they were held down. Um, Carlo Lay has said that Michael's vetoed a plan win over Diesel uh, mm. a live event and soon after this he started taking loss after loss before he eventually left Michael's actually admitted in his book that they did bury um, Pierre the, the pirate at that time yeah I mean he was a fucking pirate though come on he was good but he was a pirate yeah exactly he got his feud with Bray he stole his jacket yeah. I mean that's the big as you're ever going to be as a pirate character in 95, 96. I remember one of the first sort of backstage stories I ever heard was there was a there was a live event and there, the <laughs> click were there and there was an issue with the crew. Vince wasn't there because he didn't do live events. And there was an issue with creative for the night and the click basically said, we're not happy with this. We want to speak to Vince. And Vince ended up driving to the live event um, and then basically him and the click took a three-day road trip in the back of a van basically booking the entire company. <laughs> I don't know the legitimacy of that and how truthful it is, but yeah, apparently Vince basically disappeared for three days in the back of a van while him and these four guys, five guys, just booked the entire company and everyone in it. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I don't see anything wrong with that, to be honest. That's He's still the boss. He, I mean, that's, yeah. that's a, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, 
on back on TV, Michaels and Diesel started teaming as the two dudes with attitude. It's awful name. Awful it's name. It's horrible name. Uh, they beat Owen and Yokozuna for the tag team championships at your, uh, in your house stream, where all the belts were on the line. It was a triple mm. header. Um, mm. On the night, Owen did not appear, and Bulldog replaced him. However, Owen then did show up at the end of the match, was pinned, but it was explained the next night that because Owen wasn't the legal man in the match, the, the result is null and void, and the belts have returned to Owen and Yoko. So convoluted. Yep. In mid-October, Shawn Michaels was at a bar in Syracuse with the British Bulldog and Shawn Waltman, and uh, there are two versions of what <laughs> happened. So the first version is that when they left, a bouncer offered to have his girlfriend drive the wrestlers back to the hotel because all the taxis were already booked. Um, at this point, eight to ten servicemen followed him at the bar, shouted homophobic insults at Michaels, and threw Waltman into a car. Shawn's face was then smashed into the car and the bumper, leaving him with both eyes swollen and blood coming out of his ear his, his ear and eyes. His eyelid was nearly ripped off and needed 10 stitches to reattach it, and his eardrum was busted. The other story, or the, other, or the alternate version, is that he was already passed out in the front seat, was Michael's, after leaving the bar, was then pulled out and beaten while unconscious. Additionally, the police report didn't mention anything about the attackers being servicemen, only that they had crew cuts. <laughs> so Sean was either passed out or he was targeted randomly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, make your own conclusions. <laughs> uh, on TV, it was announced that Sean Hill was out injured following the, the random and horrible attack on our on our one of our superstars, and he would forfeit the RC championship. He appeared live in your house. <laughs> I remember this. He appeared live in your house forward to forfeit the belt to Dean Douglas, who then immediately lost it to Razor Ramon. <laughs> Douglas. You're awful, <laughs> Douglas. Douglas, excuse me. Douglas points to this as another example of the click holding him down. Good. I'm with the click on this point. <clears throat> uh, he made his in-ring return to Survival Series 95, team with Ahmed Johnson, the British Bulldog, and Psycho Sid to beat Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Razor, and Dean. I remember that the wild card match we had heels and faces teaming up. Yeah. I was I just thinking the that's match wasn't very teams. good, but no. I, I like it was like when I was young, oh, this was I was 13 at this point. I was like, but they're good guys and bad guys. Yeah. They're teaming up with each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next night on Raw he faced Owen Hart in the main event uh, the match come to a halt when after Mike, after an Owen Inzaguri and a bit of a comeback for Michaels he collapsed in the ring the whole thing was played to shoot announcers stopped talking Vince got in the ring it was very convincing to be fair yeah, yeah I remember this being like genuinely worried I would have been what was I 96 to four, to 10 almost 11 or 10 10 or 11 it was so convincing that fans genuinely were worried and were writing and calling into WF offices to find out, like, is Sean okay? What's going on? I didn't go that far, but I watched it on <laughs> Sky, thinking, Jesus Christ, I almost just killed him. Uh, Michael took the next two months off to sell the uh, to sell the angle and also to recover from injuries as well. Brilliant. Right, 96. He returned to the Royal Rumble, where he won the Royal Rumble, lasting eliminating Diesel. Yeah. He beat Owen Hart to get his revenge for almost killing him uh, in the yeah. half six. <laughs> And then he become on screen. He started being managed by Jose Lothario. Yeah, this is where it gets weird. Why? Sexy boy. Why did he bring I'm him in? Mexican in this corner. Yeah, he's a Lothario. It doesn't work. He is a Lothario. <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. they, they, they never had any connection, it seems. No. Doesn't, there was no sort of thing between them. It was just like this old dude is with Shawn Michaels. It's very weird, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's very strange. Yeah. Okay, announced for WrestleMania by virtue of Sean winning the Royal Rumble, he would face Bret Hart for the championship 
in the first, well, not the first ever, but as far as on the mainstream in the company, the first ever yeah. Iron Man match, 60 minutes to headline WrestleMania 12. Love it. On the way there, he would team with Diesel to take on Brett and Undertaker at House Show at MSG. It was the first MSG sellout in years. Uh, Diesel wow. turned on Michaels to set up the return cage match on May 19th. Wonder if mm-hmm. that show become newsworthy down the line. <laughs> nah. Okay, Iron Man match. We've done this for Ring Girl Coms. Uh, it we converted have. me. <laughs> I've long held this one of my favourite matches of all time, and it does, I think, rightly get shit on by a lot of people because it is a very different Iron Man match. It's 60 to what minutes with no pinfalls. Yeah, but yeah. to me, it's 60 minutes of almost perfect wrestling between two guys that are at the very top of their game. There's a lot of rest holds, fair, but there's also some real good kind of spurts of high-intensity, proper wrestling and good, exciting moves. And I thought it was brilliant. The only thing that does slightly ruin it is the the aftermatch and the, like announcing that the match will continue and then what Sean does to Brett after. Like, that sours it, but... I think as a match, if a 60-minute match, there's not many better in WWF history. Recently on our group chat, uh, the conversation of best best WrestleMania match or about Rushmore WrestleMania matches come up. Mm. Do you, on your Mount Rushmore WrestleMania matches, does the Iron Man match get in there? Uh, it's it's four of my top five. Okay. My other three, I can't remember off the top of my head. One was Kofi versus uh, Brian. I actually love that match and the story going into it. Um, I can't remember what my other two were. Sean versus Jericho, 19. Mm-hmm. I think Which Sean pretty much takes most of my spots. Yeah, he's in pretty much... F- he's in four of the five <laughs> of mine. I think I've I've gone with... I, mean, I can't remember all of them. I mean, we, there might be an episode. I think I even said in the chat it's an episode topic at one point where we do a, a Mania Rushmore yeah, matches. But I think I've got Michael's... Uh, sorry, Taker, Triple H, Ken the Sales, and Michael's the referee. Um, Sean Taker, WrestleMania 25, yeah. 26, I think 25, because I think for me that's the slightly better one than 26 is. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brett and Owen, Mania 10, Sean and Razor, WrestleMania 10. Uh, yeah, four, yeah, four of mine are Brett and Brett versus Sean at 12, Taker versus Sean, part one, Sean and Jericho at 19, and then Kofi versus Brian. And there's kind of a flip flop on the others because there's so many other good matches to get yeah. in the top five, but yeah. So, yeah, as you said, he beat Britain over time. It was a bit convoluted how they got there, but the boyhood dream did come true at WrestleMania. Sean obviously famously had his zipline entrance. Yeah, you you knew from that very start it was Sean's night. Yeah, (laughs) no one gets a zipline from the top of the arena into the ring unless you're winning the main event. Have you ever seen the famous picture of Vince actually doing that, rehearsing that spot? Yeah, fair play to Vince. Vince, uh, when the time comes, he's always said... Yeah, you know, I'll never ask my talent to do things that I wouldn't do. Yeah. Love Even it. last year, he was diving off the top of the PC and off the balcony to show Gronk what he could do. <laughs> yeah, not even a wrestler. <sighs> Unbelievable. Vince Vince will go down still fighting. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right. So following Mania, Brett took his time off, uh, which Brett claims he did to help Sean become number one guy, because if I'm around, oh, you'll never be number one. So I'm going to step away to let you take the spotlight. Brett's I love such that. a nice guy. I love that from Brett. Yeah. I'm so good and so big and popular. I need to, I can't be here, Sean. Yeah. You won't go. You, I'm going to hold you down <laughs> even without me trying. I'm so good that you're not going to be able to become the man you need to be. Uh, so Sean defended against Diesel in a uh, no-holds-barred match at In Your House 7. Good friends, better enemies. That's a really, yeah. really underrated classic for me. Yeah, this run that Sean has as the champion is it's full good. of really underrated matches. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, 
Sean in 96, despite the critical uh, and you know financial issues the company had and all this mm. lot, Sean, okay, I didn't agree with the character they made, they had him. They should just let him be Sean Michaels, not yep. the smiley, you know, the click of the fans and all this getting kids in the ring and dancing with him sort of thing. Yeah. In ring, Sean has a good year as champion. He had some great matches. But the, the Vader one is always soured because of mm-hmm. that. But I mean, the one with Mankind, uh, was it in your house? Oh, 10, was it? Uh, oh, it, it's the finish stops it being an all timer. That DQ finish stops it being up there in like the greatest matches of all time for me. Yeah. It's that. Yeah, really good one with Gold Dust as well. I can't remember where that was. Nothing yeah. in your house as well. I think that was a dark match in your house, possibly. Yeah. Right. Uh, we talked about the MSG house show on May 19th and wondered mm. if it'd be newsworthy. It was a little bit. <laughs> so it was the last night. It was the last um, advertised date for sure uh, for Diesel and Razor, Hall and Nash, before they went off to WSW and changed the wrestling business as we know it. Yeah. In the main event, Diesel had beaten, uh, so Sean had beaten Diesel in the main event in the cage match. After the match, Razor and Helmsley, who had faced earlier, came out and all four men hugged as it was obviously National Hall's last night in the company. What the hell? Yeah. Faces and heels. Exactly. In MSG of all places. Yeah, it was, it was dubbed the curtain call, and it's literally sent shockwaves throughout the entire industry. It was the first public display in a major wrestling company breaking kayfabe. Isn't it such a shame that it's only on handheld video footage? Yes. It was never officially filmed. Do you think they would have done it if they knew it had been filmed? I think they uh, Well, apparently Vince gave his approval for a farewell to take place, but he didn't yeah. realize it'd be so elaborate. So what do you think was <laughs> going to happen then? Because it wasn't really elaborate. Four guys come in the ring, they hug, they wave to the fans. Like that's that not it. that's not like balloons and confetti. So <laughs> I don't I'm not sure Vince was even there. I don't think he was. No, it would have been um, much, yeah. So can you imagine whoever got the shit on, on them for whoever was running <laughs> that show that night? Jesus. Probably Pritchard. Probably. Uh, to compound matters further, two fans actually smuggled camcorder into the arena and therefore brought us the footage that we still see to this day. Yeah. Uh, that actually has been used on Raw. Uh, they actually, those two guys were contacted and I think paid compensation. And they actually, during the, the horrible DX period in like 2006, mm. 2007, whatever it was, Sean and uh, Triple H actually played that camcorder footage on Raw. I wonder if they get the loyalty rights every time it gets shown. I bet they don't. I bet yeah. they've got a flat Probably fee. Yeah, they got <laughs> a contract flat fee, and that's it. This is ours now. <laughs> yep. Um, obviously, once that footage got out there, it was on wrestling websites and magazines. Obviously, this was '96, so the internet mm. was kind of in its infancy. Yeah, I remember watching yeah. it on some really terrible dial-up connection. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it took ages to load yeah. everything. Yeah. Uh, obviously, with Paul and Nash uh, on the way to WWE, they were uh, they couldn't be punished. Michaels was champion; he could be punished. So Triple H got all <laughs> of the heat. I mean, it made the man yesterday, probably. I mean, Hunter's told the story many times about being told you're going to eat plates and plates of shit, and you're going to like it. You're going to have you, you're going to have to deal with this. And fair play to him, he and took he it all in his stride, yeah. didn't he? And actually, he, he probably won a lot of people over. Well, I think yeah, he, he said I did because I took it. I didn't moan. I didn't complain. Yeah. I was pushed down to Got the opening card. I was losing hog pen matches. Yeah. I was, you know, yeah, slopped on the week. Yeah. And he, he took it and that was it. He obviously didn't win his 1996 King of the Ring as planned. He had that mm-hmm. scrapped as well. Um, after this, Michaels moved on to be with the British Bulldog with the story that Bulldog's wife, Diana, claimed that Michaels had made advances towards her. Mm. Uh, this led to Michaels versus Bulldog for the championship being made official for In Your House 8, Beware of Dog. Uh, at the show, they went to a draw. The finish saw a ref bump. Um, her, a German suplex from Michaels 
Now, the original referee... Okay, I've got to get this right. So, <laughs> Joseph and Michaels got a free count as seen by the original referee, Al Hebner, who had recovered yep. from the bump. However, replacement referee Mike Kyoda saw Michaels have his own shoulders down on the canvas during this German suplex and counted three. So, Al Hebner said Michaels. Kyoda said Bulldog. No one could determine the winner. The draw was ruled. And a rematch was set for King of the Ring. I quite like that. That's a good way of progressing the story. Yeah. It's a good, it's an inventive way of doing it. Yeah. Uh, the rematch of King of the Ring saw Gorilla Monsoon allow Camp Cornette to name a special referee. Yeah, well. Monsoon's a babyface. Uh, they chose Mr. Perfect, obviously based on the history that Perfect and Sean had. Uh, Sean beat Bulldog to retain the championship. Before the match, Monsoon actually announced that Perfect would act as the ringside referee and not the in-ring referee. That would be Earl. Yeah. Uh, the finish saw Michaels hit switching music. Perfect and Hebner tried to count. Owen Hart, as a commentator, pulled Perfect out of the ring but couldn't stop Earl from counting. Um, after the match, Michaels was attacked by Owen, Bulldog and Vader, and in for the save was Ahmed Johnson and the ultimate warrior. Wow, brilliant. Yeah. Returning warrior, not his next year. Uh, was booked a team of Warrior and Johnson to take on Owen, Bulldog, Vader, an international incident in your house, but the match was changed when Warrior was released from the company. <laughs> That's what you get for a baseball cap on Raw, you idiot. Good God. Talk about telegraph and an angle. There's yeah. a photo frame and I'm wearing a baseball cap. Whatever <laughs> could happen. Uh, Sid was drafted in as a replacement for Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, um, they're the same. And then Michael, Sid and Johnson, who were dubbed the People's Posse. Oh, God, that makes my skin crawl. Two dudes with attitude in the People's Posse. Michaels, you, you can tell them no. <laughs> you don't have to do this. Yeah. Uh, they lost to Vader, Owen, and Bulldog in your house. Uh, Vader pinned Michaels to set up the uh, the SummerSlam match. Michaels taking a very rare pinfall loss at this point as well. In yeah. Six. All right, SummerSlam, Vader. We've done this. We talked about this in the Michaels yeah, episode, yeah. In, the, uh, in the previous episode. Hmm. Yeah. You get the comms on it. Uh, yeah, wasn't Sean's proudest moment, was it? No. Uh, so there were three falls in, well, three decisions in the end. There, were, there was a DQ. Uh, which Cornette said, don't know, don't want to do it that way. Um, there was a count out. Again, said, no, we don't want to do it that way. We want to win it because they can't change hands on the pinfall. Yeah. At one point, Vader was supposed to move to avoid Michael's elbow. Vader forgot to move, so Michael was had to change in midair, land and then kick Vader square in the head. <laughs> Professionals always, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Michael has already raised concerns to management that Vader was too stiff. And he probably he, was because he worked yeah. in Japan for so long. That's why Hogan got out of the plan WSW feud because he was scared of Vader work too stiff. Yeah, but it's like don't shit on him on TV. Like just what do this, figure this out before. Don't have a match with him if you exactly. know that he's gonna work too stiff. Uh the plan was that Vader and Michaels would do a long-term angle for the rest of the year. So Vader would win the title at SummerSlam. Michaels would they'd then draw a rematch at Survivor Series. Michaels would then do the blow-off at Rumble 97 in San Antonio to get his belt back, and that was all fine. Yeah, Michael scrapped that. Michael said, I don't want to do it. Scrapped it. So Vader got pushed down to the mid card, and Sid was chosen to take his place in the feud. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, we talked about the Mankind match at Mind Games, won by DQ, did Sean. Yeah, and then right. he found himself in Sid's corner. Those two were still friends at this point. Sid beat Vader to become the number one contender for the WF Championship. Um, Sid. Um, one to earn that shot at Survivor Series MSG, and then we talked about the Goldust match. It was a dark match. He defended the belt against Goldust. Apparently, a really, really good match. You know, actually, yeah. be good to see that. Survivor Series '96 MSG, the first public display of Shawn Michaels no longer being the number one babyface in the company. Yeah. 
and no one expected it. No, Sid was over like Rover. I don't. I, I will never understand why he was uh, so over at this point. MSG, it's an anomaly. It, you just well, can't, can't it isn't it? Uh, the finish saw uh, Sid get a television camera and hit uh, Lothario in the oh, chest, God, causing yeah. a heart attack. You should remember this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> uh, and then distracted, Michaels uh, got uh, power bombed and pinned, God. and Sid got the biggest baby face pop I've probably heard up until that point. That will happen if you hang around with an old man, Sean. They are liable to heart attack from headshots. Well, especially cameras. if a seven-foot monster hits on the TV camera. <laughs> exactly. What's, what's, what's he expecting is going to happen? Uh, he was guest commentator, it was Michaels, for the main event of In Your House 12. It's time. See, it's time was Vader's catchphrase. Yeah, that exactly. show was supposed to be built around Vader. Like, Change the name of it, for Christ's sake. Sid and Brett had a championship match. Michaels got involved in the finish, collided with Hart and allowed Sid to pick up the win. Um, I do remember that because Sid uh, Sean was just shooting on commentary. At yeah. one point, he called Sid the biggest piece of luggage in the WWF. Yeah, I liked Sean on commentary at this point. It reminds me of Punk on commentary yeah, a few years later. Yeah, give a shit. Yeah, exactly. He's sitting next to Vince. Vince probably thinking, don't say anything, don't say anything. And Sean's like, nah, <laughs> you give me a mic. You give me a mic and I don't care. This is on you, Vince. Yeah. Uh, that's in the 96. And that's where we're going to take a pause. Yeah. And there's a reason why we're going to take a pause. <laughs> because 1997 will have its own show. Yeah, it was a crazy, crazy year. I'm reading for Andrew's notes now, and there's about 10,000 words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit behind the scenes on this. Um, my research currently is up until 2002. I'm currently at 15 pages and over 7,700 and something words. So, um, out of those 15 pages, five of them are 1997 alone. <laughs> Nearly 3,000 of those 7,000 words are on 1997 alone. Yeah. If you don't know what happened in 97, tune in for our next episode. Yeah. If you somehow year. don't know. Uh, yeah, so there's no way we could attempt to put 97 in with either 96 or 98. It, there's no way we could um, gloss over no. anything in 97. It deserves so its own year. It has to be its own episode. So we are going to take a pause on Sean at the end of 96. Where are we so far, do you feel, with Sean Michaels in regards to what we know now? Ooh, um, he always feels like two different guys to me. This this kind of the start of him being the absolute arsehole that he was before he got his back injury and disappeared for well re- retired effectively forever. Like he was, I think if he never came back, um, this version of Shawn Michaels would have been considered kind of up there, but not to the levels that we think of him now. Mm-hmm. As you said, there's two different people. Mm. It is literally two different people. Sean had a really good 96. I think the the, the match he had, okay, the Vader thing was, for the wrong reasons, famous. But, you know, he's faced different opponents. Yeah. And he's he's done decent stuff with all of them. Yeah. Very much a fighting champion. However, the next year completely turns everything on its head. And and I'd say if, if Michaels hadn't come back, we're having a different conversation on what we think about Shawn Michaels based off 97. Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You know, if Shawn couldn't have come back from the, the, the injury in 98, which we'll get to in, in that episode, this whole thing about you know what we think of Shawn Michaels is mm. is completely different. I'm really cool to the next episode because we've never really gone 
done anything on the Montreal screw job and no. kind of that whole year because it's such a tumultuous year between the two of them. It's it's a legitimate hatred, I think. And it take it will take what 15, 20 years for it to kind of heal over enough that they could be in the same ring and the same business together again. Yeah. I mean, when I was researching 97 specifically, it was, I can't take some of this out. Like I was thinking, I could trim this, trim this, obviously for the sake of the show and everything, but Mm. nothing could be taken out because everything that happened all plays into how the year ends and and obviously what we know the outcome of it is. There's nothing you can say, I'll just gloss over that. Everything is important because that causes that and that causes that and it all snowballs into what explodes at the end. It's And that's why we we said 97 is its own own episode. We can't squash it down. It's really, it's really, it's got to be something. It is. I'm tempted to watch Wrestling with Shadows today just to. Oh, yeah. Get Brett side that might well. be in the company actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, that might be an accompaniment. I mean, I'm, I think I'm going to have to go back and watch um, Survival Season 97 as well. I think I'll need to, yeah, I'll, I'll, well, at least the main event is mm. well, you look at them, the major things in, in that year, obviously on air, on, on in the storyline, SummerSlam 97 with Brett Taker and, and Sean's referee. Yeah. Because uh, obviously, and you, you, all that stuff with Canada as well, and that whole. Oh. The whole business is changing. You've got Austin making his run. You've got the, like the the factions as well, and, and Nation of Domination right here now, and they're different. Yeah, you have got the Canada US thing. You got the Outlaws are here. There's it's the whole '97 is a really pivotal year for wrestling. But how quick does it change? Well, we're in '96, and Sid is on top as champion, yeah. and yet mere months later, you've got Outlaws are there, and you've got mm. the Nations there, and you've got this whole new creative direction and it yeah. just comes out of nowhere yeah a year later yeah from where we are now to where we would be a year from now Kane's fighting mankind and yeah Ken Shamrock's here and doing that sort of stuff it's such a, it's an entirely different company in just Something, a year a switch was flicked and I just you didn't see it happen at the time so then when could. you look back and think wow that switch could be Shawn Michaels <laughs> could be Shawn and Brett he literally is the 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 ignition to the touch paper the light mm. they just it exploded yeah. It could well be that Sean was the, the, the catalyst for all of it. Yeah. Okay, right. Uh, that's uh, up to 1996, up to where we are. We'll be back. Um, obviously, Lee, we're in we're in the kind of the road to WrestleMania stage now, so our focus is largely WrestleMania-related. So mm. we may take a, a bit of time to get back into the Shawn Michaels story, although he is yeah. Mr. WrestleMania, so in some way it does all tie in anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, we, we've got quite a lot planned over the next sort of four to six weeks focusing on Wrestlemania in the past we're going to look at I say we're going to look at Michaels and Razor so we're going to have Ross's shoot first time viewing yeah. um, recorded um, myself and Martin are looking at some Wrestlemania stuff um, me and you are going to I think we're talking about Wrestlemania 18 I think we're going to yeah. look at as well on the anniversary of that that's a that's a show <laughs> yeah, that we can talk happened. about stuff <laughs> happened on that one uh, yeah so we we'll be back at some point with Michaels but when we come back, oh, wow. We're coming back with probably, in, in far as me watching wrestling, the most tumultuous, famous, newsworthy year. Every, every week something was happening, it seemed. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a really good episode. I'm looking forward to it. 
Okay, right, let's get the formality out of the way. So if you have any thoughts, opinions, anything else on this show, you can contact us in the normal ways on Facebook at Ring the Bell Show, on Twitter and Instagram at Ring the Bell Pod. What's, what's the email address? Ringthebellpod at gmail.com. There we go. If you feel we've earned it, you can give us a five-star rating and a review over at Apple Podcasts. We thank you very much. Uh, you can also listen, subscribe, share, recommend everything else over at Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music Podcasts. As always, if you can get podcasts, we will be there. Wow, that was Sean, part one. Part one. Part one. There's a long, long way to go and a hell of a lot more story to tell yet. <laughs> yeah, and a whole another man to talk about in two episodes yeah. time, probably. But for now, for this episode, at least Sean Michaels has left the building. <laughs> this has been Ring the Bell. I've been Andrew. And I've been Ross. Andrew? Yep. Ring that bell.